Today is a special occasion. It is the feast of St. Conrad of Parzum, and it is also the 100th episode of Catholic History Trek. With about half of all podcasts failing to get past 10 episodes, and only 17% making it to number 50, Kevin and I thought we would commemorate this special occasion by looking back at our previous 99 episodes and looking ahead to what the future holds for the next 100 episodes. God bless America. God love you. I want these to be my first words of greeting to you. They will be the concluding words on each broadcast. I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president. Annuncio office. You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. So the way we're going to go about this is for Scott and I to ask each other a series of questions. And uh, we, we did formulate the questions in advance, but we didn't necessarily have answers entirely thought out or formulated in advance. So we'll see how this goes. We're going to ask each other each question, and then each of us will have an opportunity to respond to each of those questions. So the first one we thought we would address is, what were our expectations at the beginning of this adventure? Did we expect to reach 100 episodes? Scott? Honestly, I had no idea. When we first talked about recording a few years ago, I think I had about 20 or 30 historical ideas in my mind. The, you know, the big ones like the siege of Vienna, the battle of Ponto. And so I kind of had this little list. And now that we're a hundred episodes in, I've discovered that I've barely made a dent in those original 20 or 30. And I probably have 40 or 50 more that I haven't even gotten to yet. So it's an, it's an ever, ever growing list. And I never thought we'd get to 100, but now I could easily see getting to 200 or, well, depends on how long you'll tolerate me, but. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, the potential topic material is essentially infinite. Um, my, my short answer is exactly the same as yours, which is I had no expectations. I had no idea. Uh, we really just jumped into this. Um, I think not having a clear sense of the future um, so it's in a way it doesn't surprise me that we reached a hundred episodes and another way it does surprise me because again, I just, I didn't, didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how it would go, our collaboration. I didn't know if there would be any audience for it. Um, a lot of unanswered questions. So we just, uh, as I say, just kind of jumped in and started doing it. Um, and it seems like really before you know it, uh, we're at a hundred episodes. So, um, wouldn't be surprised if we make it another hundred or beyond. But we'll see. Time will tell. So for our next question, Kevin and I, we are both family men. What do our families think of this podcast? Well, so as you know, Scott, I have a very large extended family. I have a large immediate family, but a very large extended family. Um, I don't talk about the podcast with them on a regular basis. I'd probably drive them crazy if I did. So I'm not totally sure of the answer to that question. I do know that a few of them listen fairly regularly. Um, I know, for example, one of my daughters, Maria, whose voice, by the way, regular listeners will hear at the end, well, actually in the intro and then again at the end of every podcast when she when she gives out our email address. That's my daughter, Maria. She listens 
faithfully. And I know my, my mom and dad, God bless them, they listen faithfully to all the stuff that I do, all my radio stuff and all of our, our podcasts. So other than that, I'm not sure I can tell you that my wife does not listen to all the episodes, not even close. But she every once in a while, when one catches her interest, she'll, she will listen. Your son does. Your oldest son. We've talked about it after church. Okay. I, I know that he has listened to some of them. I didn't know that he listened to all of them. Okay. So, so, Scott, how about you and your family? So, my wife has also been on a couple episodes. Uh, well, actually, your wife's been on an episode. She, she was a guest voice in, in one recent one. That's right. So, my wife's been on a couple. as a, I don't know if one of them has been published yet, but... She's been on a couple. My son's been on one. And we've also had some other kids and a dog on some episodes. More background noise, not so much intentional, but listening after we recorded, I'm like, oh, have some extra people. But as far as family, I do have a couple awesome cousins, so I have to give them a shout out because they have been listening for quite a while and have listened to every episode. So that's been great. As far as my immediate family, I do not think any of them listened to any of the episodes. I've mentioned it once or twice, and it's just not their thing so next question scott where do we get our ideas for the episodes i thought about this question and you know i I think it'd be really cool if i could say i get the inspiration when i make eucharistic adoration unfortunately none of the origin of the topics are so profound at least for me i'm your answer might be different we'll find out here in a minute for me a lot of them come as a result of stumbling across things that just sounded interesting and i was kind of like, huh, I wonder what that is. Sometimes it's a dead end. Like when I first heard of the priest gun, that sounded really exciting. After I dug into it, it was nothing like I thought it was. So that was dead on arrival. But other times they have led to episodes, such as my wife had read a book and she asked me, have you ever heard of something called the Santo Anello? Well, I didn't. I looked into it, led into an episode. Or a coworker mentioning some guy named Fair Catch Corby and another coworker talking about people eating muskrats during Lent. So that became an episode. One episode, episode 20, on the history of Eucharistic Congresses, came about basically because I wanted to do an episode about something called the Cardinal's Train. Because I wanted to do an episode on a train, but clearly there wasn't enough material just to do that. So found where the train was used and kind of worked backward to create an episode. So that's kind of where mine have come from. So I'll ask you, Kevin, where do your ideas come for each episode? Yeah, that's pretty similar. Um, nothing profound. Um, stumbling, I think, is a good word to describe it. Um, obviously, these are these are topics we're interested in for one reason or another. I read a ton of church history, uh, both professionally and kind of uh, in my leisure. So oftentimes the topics will come out of those readings in one way or another. Also, I would, I would mention that roughly speaking, we have certain criteria that were that we apply maybe to uh, to topics that we're considering. So there might be big topics uh, that I think might benefit from a summary. So some of the episodes we've done, for example, on the Jesuits or liturgical music or Catholic art, uh, these are these are huge topics that we can't cover in a podcast completely, but I just feel like maybe people can benefit from having a, a summary of those. I've also always been fascinated by historical explanations of where things come from. So uh, sometimes these are obvious things that we tend to take for granted, or also peculiar Catholic things that many people, Catholics or not, don't understand. So this is why I think there's value in episodes on, for example, candles, which we did, or names for different types of churches, or Catholic-related food and drink, those kinds of subjects. Now, you mentioned reading books. I have a book on my shelf over here, something about a pilgrimage through American history. That would be a really good one, I think, for 
you are probably any of our listeners. Yeah, maybe we should have an episode where we promote that book at some point. Um, we no, we had it for the for those who aren't familiar. We had an episode promoting my book, A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Um, but maybe we need to have another promotion in in the in the second hundred episodes somewhere for those people who are who are joining us late in the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Ave Maria Press would be okay doing a second printing. We'll see. Uh, that 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 could be a hint at things to come, but we'll see. Or we're doing an audio one. Maybe Maria can read the book. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, too. So the next question I have is, Kevin, do you have a favorite episode or episodes of the first 100? Okay, so again, there's a short answer and a long answer. The short answer is no. I like all the topics. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done them. Generally speaking, I'm pleasantly surprised at how well the tandem episodes come together. Um, and maybe I'll give just a little bit of background here for those, uh, for well, for all of our listeners who don't really know how this podcast is produced. Um, Scott and I come up with the topics, and then we, we, we create an outline, and then we independently research them. And then we come together, and, and we have a recording session. And we haven't seen each other's notes. We haven't gone over anything ahead of time. And so we're just... Uh, kind of trusting and hoping that it all fits together seamlessly, more or less. And and usually it does. So um, so I've been happy with that experience. Uh, by favorite, I'll say the ones that seem to offer something really unique or unusual. And, and here I would have to cite number 84, Catholics of Many Types, which was about uh, various odds and it pulled together various odds and ends to summarize the relationship between the church and printing. Um, I'm not sure you can find anything quite like that in any article or book that I'm aware of. Uh, for your solo ones, Scott, I like a lot of them, but I might highlight the one on Pope Gregory the Ninth and Cats. That's number 59. That's something I had known nothing about, and I thought you covered it well. For my solos, I've always liked the story about the 355-day year. That's number 37. That's the, the uh, change to the Gregorian calendar in the West, which is to my mind, surprisingly little known about, but it's just one of those fascinating quirks of history and, of course, also strongly connected to the papacy and the church. I'll add real quick. I think that was a good one because I, I still remember something from it, and that was quite a while ago. Mentioned That's impressive, when, yeah. When you mentioned how far <laughs> off the calendar was. That was quite eye-opening. I don't remember how far it was, but you did mention <laughs> it was off by quite a bit. It was about 10 days. They had to, they had to knock 10 days out of that year. So how about you, Scott, your favorites? Uh, yes. I guess that's like asking if you have a favorite child or ice cream. Apparently I do. So, and it's interesting you mentioned 59 because I was trying to think of my favorite ones. And unfortunately, I guess I'm more prideful or selfish because I only thought of my favorite <laughs> ones that I did, not the favorite ones that we did. But the ones I came up with were episode 59 and episode 70. So for those who don't know the numbers, which would include us, episode 59 is the one about how secular historians are basically dead wrong for blaming Pope Gregory IX for exterminating black cats throughout Europe. Episode 70 is one where I got to speculate on motivations why the crossbow was banned by the medieval popes. So I kind of like the ones where I get to speculate on things, where I, you know, kind of not the more common topics, but things that might be a little bit off-center, I guess, and just trying to put two and two together and try to see if there's a reason for this, and if the reason... You know, maybe or maybe doesn't match what people think. Those kind of things I think are enjoyable. And as you mentioned, Kevin, I really think the tandem ones have gone together well because it seems when we do split them up, the sections that we divide seem to generally be the sections that we tend to like to prefer. 
So if we're covering you know, whatever topic, we'll say, okay, let's do, you know, Scott will do this part, Kevin will do these parts. And just so happens, like, usually afterwards, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I like these a lot more and I don't like that section as much. And of course, any episode where I can sneak in trains or firearms are fun just, just for the, you know, to have like a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What you just did now in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess mission accomplished. <laughs> So the next question is uh, maybe a little bit delicate or even dangerous, but hey, that's what makes things interesting. So we'll ask it. Scott, do you have a least favorite episode? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am not very fond of the early episodes. And whenever anyone mentions to me, hey, I heard about your podcast, I might go listen to it. One of the first things I tell them is, please do not listen to the early episodes. Not because of the subject matter. The main reason I say that is the recording quality was not very good, and I was still trying to figure out what I was doing. Kevin's been, you've been on the radio forever. Well, not forever, but you clearly knew what you were doing. I, you've been a pro at this from day one. I was still getting my feet under me and kind of stumbled around with the early ones and rambled, and we had technical quality problems. And so because I actually have gone back and fixed some of the worst ones. So if you go and look at our podcast episode and you see something early titled 2.0 that's where i've gone and made a second version where i've tried to fix some of the more egregious ones i'd love to go back and fix the siege of vienna because that one does get a lot of listens and that's one i have not gone back and fixed my portion of it your portion's fine it's just my portion and the one other episode i'm i'd like to go back and redo is the solo one i did on the sign of the cross because as i started to get better at making things shorter I feel I left out something pretty key in that one as far as the history of the up, down, left, right versus the up, down, right, left, mm. the motion of it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a big history and a reason behind that. And I kind of cut it out. And after it got published, I'm like, I really should have put that back in. But I'd say those are mine. So I'll ask you, Kevin, do you have a least favorite? Okay. Well, I was, I was going to say almost exactly the same thing for almost exactly the same reasons, except I wasn't going to beat up on you personally quite as much, <laughs> but... But you've you've managed to do that yourself. So, Thank you. uh, so just to you know, go back to the very first episode, the titles of Mary. I love that concept, and I like the content. But the presentation could have been better. The tech could have been better, and all that stuff. I wouldn't say I really have a least favorite. Uh, there's no episode I dislike, other than for the reasons I just said. Obviously, we only do stuff we're interested in, as we just talked about. Um, so, so we like all of the content in and of itself. I would say maybe just the obverse of what I said regarding favorites, which is the one the ones I'm least excited by would be those where we cover ground that's already what I would describe as well-trod. So it's not that we have nothing new or interesting to bring to the discussion or that there's no value in repackaging and summarizing, but still episodes on, say, Franciscans or Jesuits, most of that info is pretty readily accessible. Lots of people have written about it, and, and lots of people are at least somewhat familiar with that. Um, so I'm, 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 I guess, least excited about some of those episodes that are maybe on uh, more common subjects and more excited about the episodes that are on more unique, original, or, or quirky or offbeat kinds of things, which is, which is what we talked about in the question about favorites. I'm going to go out of, I'm actually going to go back and redo. So my least favorite answer is probably the one I just gave one, probably the least favorite ones are the ones I've not recorded yet. So I tend to have a very big backlog of completed notes. So for the, however many solo episodes I've done at any time, I probably have another 
15 or 20 where the notes are completed. I just haven't recorded them yet. In that, I, I have found there are some episodes where I've had the notes done for a couple of years and just have not gotten around to recording them because when I'm mm-hmm. when it's time to record one, I kind of look like, eh, I'll, I'll push that off. So I guess my least favorite ones are the ones no one's ever heard. And possibly no one ever will hear. Correct. Maybe. <laughs> so our next question would be, now that we have recorded 100 episodes, what have been the biggest surprises that you've seen from this podcast? Okay, so this kind of goes back to the to the very first question, which is regarding our expectations. Because I didn't really have many expectations, I didn't really have any major surprises either. Um, I will say I'm surprised um, this doesn't have to do with our production of the podcast itself, but I've been somewhat surprised with as we've gotten into it and researched it and tracked our stats, which of course, Scott, you do more than I do, but I've been surprised at how many podcasts there are with very few listeners. Um, I think la- last we talked about it, Scott, you, you as, as best you could tell from the stats we have access to, we're maybe in the top 15 to 20% of all podcasts in terms of our listeners. Now, we have a nice, small, faithful audience, small but growing, um, but still, I wouldn't have expected it to place us in the top 15 to 20% of podcasts. So that's kind of a, a pleasant surprise, I guess you could say, but also just simply a surprise in that uh, so many podcasts don't have very many listeners at all. Just understanding those statistics, I guess, or, or, or realizing kind of the situation in the podcast universe. Another surprise, something I didn't expect, was for you, Scott, to start adding train-related material to the early episodes. <laughs> and then I didn't expect you to start adding firearms-related material to the later episodes. But I'm totally in favor of that. It's, again, offbeat stuff that lends interest and originality to the podcasts. Your surprises. When we first talked about doing this a few years ago, we tried to think of a name. And the name we came up with is obviously Catholic History Trek. And we kind of joked about it being like Star Trek because they're on a journey and it has the word Trek in it. But one surprise is after 100 episodes, I don't think we've made a single Star Trek reference until right now. We've never mentioned Geordi or Data, let alone the more obscure things like New Vertiform City or Cellular Peptide Cake with Mint Frosting or anything Star Trek related. So finally on episode 100, I'm, my plan is to correct that with those mentions I just made. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I think I had aspirations at the beginning, maybe to make a few references along the way, but it just never really happened. And I used to be more of a Star Trek fan than I am these days. I haven't watched any of the, the TV episodes or the movies in quite some time. So maybe if I revisit those, I'll have some more references ready at hand and they'll, they'll find their way into, into some episodes. One other big surprise, I think... I had, and you mentioned the listeners. That's the other one for me, uh, and a very pleasant surprise. Uh, depending on the statistics and depending on the site, I've seen one site recently rated us as high as top 5% of all podcasts. I think maybe that they're, I'm not sure how they rated that because I think it's not quite that high, but that we had an international reach. I kind of figured if you started, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get some people in our small little circle. We have similar friends, family, same geographical area. Most of our listeners will be there, and after a short period, we discovered we had listeners in Canada, we had listeners overseas, in Australia. Currently, we're, I think we're ranked like in the top 10 of all Christian podcasts in Bahrain. <laughs> so it's you never know where it's going to, so it's um, it's been pretty exciting. And so I just want to say thank you to all the people who do continue to listen to us, who continue to put up with my 
silly references. And and especially those in Bahrain, because that's yeah. quite a feather in our cap. The next question, then. Is there any episode, Scott, where your historical perspective did a 180 from the time you started to research it versus when you finally recorded it? Yes. And those, I think, are probably the most exciting because me and Kevin, both being students of history, being very fascinated with history, it's always very exciting when you... Because it's impossible to know everything about everything. And when you start to research something, you realize, wow, that's quite a bit different than what I thought. So there's two that come to mind. One of them was the issue or the episode on the Papal States. I went into that that episode basically with the modern perspective of, well, that was olden days. You know, that was the church having land and property. And it's kind of good we don't have that anymore. We can just focus on the spiritual things. But once I learned how they were taken from the church and how so many powerful kingdoms and rulers and people had tried to wrest them away and seeing how they were finally taken. And when I was done with the research, I kind of was like, wow, I wish they would be restored. The other episode where I came away with something a little different was the one on the rosary. So I think most people know the story of Dominic and the rosary that Our Lady appeared to Dominic, gave him the rosary. So when I started doing the research, I was covering that portion. And I was that was one of the ones where Kevin and I split it up. And I was I was trying to find... Where did that particularly happen? So I can mention the year, mention the location. It's having trouble finding it. And then later found out that the reason for that is it's debatable because the connection didn't really seem to become firmly established until two and a half centuries after Dominic's life during the life of Blessed Alan de la Roche. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it does mean that there was some speculation. Well, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it did. And I just assume, well, everyone knows it happened. So that was very eye-opening. And I will say, after doing these episodes, I do have a much greater appreciation for the traditions of the church. So Latin mass, Gregorian chant, old-timey fasting, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think the biggest one that I usually tell people when they ask about the podcast is, I've learned not to despair over anything happening in the church today. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening or that's happening. Well, when you take a 2,000-year look at the church history, you see that... That's just par for the course. And there were certainly many, many, many worse eras and times and problems of the world and church leaders and laity. And yeah, it kind of, I guess, puts everything in perspective. So that was another takeaway. As my family and friends can attest, I make that same point all the time. Man, you read some of these episodes in church history and, and they make the present look relatively tame by comparison. Yeah. And it's, well, we've, I don't know how many people we've studied who... You read the description, it says so-and-so was a reformer. So-and-so was a reformer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's they right. did a lot of reforming back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a line, is it in Gaudium et Spes? One of the documents the Second Vatican Council says something about the church being in constant need of reform. That's definitely true. So I'll throw the question back to you, Kevin, then. Anything where you went into the podcast that we were going to record where you had one thought or expectation, but after doing the research had a different expectation when you or different understanding when you were done. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's any case where there was a complete term, but there's it's definitely the case that in most episodes I learned things even when I thought I knew a lot going in. So the rosary episode you mentioned is a great example. I hadn't even thought about that one until you mentioned it. Uh, but that's that's certainly true. Um, I felt like I knew a lot about the rosary. I grew up praying it, um, and yet I learned a lot during that episode, including the the stuff regarding Saint Do- Saint Dominic that you talked about. Um, to give another recent example, I was surprised to learn that the Feast of the Presentation, uh, which 
had always been a major feast in parts of the church, but wasn't necessarily so in the early centuries in most of the Western church. That surprised me. I just assumed that it had always been an important feast throughout the universal church. Often what's new to me is the wrinkles or nuances that are usually flattened in general treatments of the topics so that you don't necessarily get if you just kind of read the textbook treatment. So I knew quite a bit about the Cistercians, for example, including that the Trappist order emerged from the Cistercians more broadly as a reform movement, but I hadn't quite grasped all the details of that story, so that the Trappists were not actually a separate order to begin with, or that when they became a distinct order, they were combined with other reform or strict observant movements that had not been connected to the monastery of La Trappe. So just some of the details of some of those episodes. I also, I'll mention that I I learned things from your solo podcast, because those are topics that I haven't necessarily explored at all um, on my own. In some cases, I haven't heard some of the material um, in any way. And one example of that would be the one uh, where you talked about Father Kazimierz Zeglin, the Polish Chicago priest who invented the bulletproof vest. I knew nothing whatsoever about him. Um, I learned about him from your episode, and I, I took the date, actually a date from, I don't know if it was in your episode or, or I looked him up and found the date on my own, but the date when he received his patents from the U.S. Patent Office, I used that in one of my recent This Week in Catholic History segments on the Sunrise Morning Show on Catholic Radio. So I get material for my, for my radio segments from, from your solo episodes sometimes. So I should keep doing those. Keep doing them. Keep learning. So now that we've done... 100 episodes, including this one. Kevin, I'll ask you, are there any changes coming in the future, particular topics or agenda or anything at all? Yeah, there's not really a lot I can say in answer to that because I'm pretty much at episode 100. I'm kind of where we were at episode one, which is no expectations. (laughs) I don't know what the future holds. Um, I will say a couple of things. One, I do plan to finish my series on the 50 states. I want to do that I'm enjoying doing that. I'm also the kind of guy who likes to, um, or feels an obligation once I've committed something to follow through on it. So 50 states is kind of a big obligation. I think I'm, where am I? I'm like 11 or 12 or something like that. So I got a ways to go, but I do hope to finish that. So that's one thing um, I'm planning. Um, Another thing that, that we could think about doing sometimes, Scott, and we haven't we haven't even talked about this, so I'm just broaching this right now, uh, uh, live on the air, so to speak. Um, maybe we'll explore sometime monetizing the podcast somehow, so that we can better justify all the time we're putting into this um, in terms of actually uh, putting bread on the table. But I don't know if we're going to do that or not uh, for the time being. That's that's not going to change. But maybe somewhere down the line, especially if our audience continues to grow. And then I'll also give one little other sneak peek, which I think will happen. I haven't totally committed to this yet, but I'm, I'm thinking about it for sure. Uh, one thing I really enjoy, I, I like uh, fooling around on the internet on, on, on uh, YouTube and just watching various videos on various topics, including historical ones, geography ones are some of my favorites. And I like rankings. Um, I like I like uh, uh, YouTube videos that do rankings of the top 20 or the top 50 or whatever. So I've got something along those lines planned that will be both a podcast and a YouTube video, eventually a ranking that has to do with Catholic history. That's all I'll say for now. But I okay. will add, since we haven't really plugged it yet, we do have a YouTube channel, Catholic History Trek, for those who listen to the podcast and might not be aware Uh, We definitely don't have all of our podcasts converted into videos, but we do have 
uh, a substantial number of them at the YouTube channel in case you're interested. It's exactly the same audio content, but we just have some images to go along with it at the YouTube channel. Scott, anything that you can say regarding the future? A couple things. We are trying to work on a more regularized schedule. Trying to make a more regular kind of four times a month. It's not always in the same day, but we're still we're still tweaking that. A couple things you mentioned. I'm curious if we do the 50, once we get the 50 states done, I think I might have to push you to add Puerto Rico and then maybe <laughs> Philippines. And... I, I actually have that in my notes um, to think about. Maybe Puerto Rico, American Samoa. Yeah, Philippines, uh, former territories. Or yeah, we could we could potentially go on and on with that one. And then you also mentioned the YouTube channel. That's a good point. We don't record these with video. We just record the audio. And then, as Kevin mentioned, we put the pictures kind of tying them in there so you can see the things we're talking about, which is kind of nice. I don't know if the future, maybe someday, if I ever get a a webcam, mm-hmm. that we could do a video. I mean, that'd be a lot easier just to record us talking than you could actually <clears throat> see us to have some idea what we look like. But as of right now, there's no plan to do that. One thing I was thinking of doing, but have not gotten very far on it and probably never will, was possibly making a Lego stop motion with my son for one of the episodes where I was looking at taking the notes and turning and because he likes doing stop motion. I'm like, oh, we yeah. can make a Lego stop motion. That that sounds like a fun family project. So we've we've made the very beginnings. We've I think we've recorded about twenty percent of one of the episodes, but have not done okay. and then have the so I have like the script and dialogue and I just have to find the time to put it all together and record everything. So this is, I think, our final question, Scott, which is on the point of changing things, what do you see as the biggest changes or any significant changes that have occurred over the life of the podcast so far over these first 100 episodes? Well, I think some of them are, the one the ones already mentioned, the technical quality. So obviously using a better microphone than I used to start with, and now we record in person when we do our tandem ones instead of online. We had a lot of issues with the connectivity, the static. So those have all been much improved. We've also changed. If you've listened to us long enough, you've also noticed that our intro has changed. We used to start with a, I think, 12, 15 seconds of chant and then jumped in after Maria. I think she had it in little line during the chant now. Yeah, that's right. We have a tiny little chant, and then we give an intro, and then we have the speaking, the hobby moose popum, and some of the other stuff. So the intro is different, and the cover art's different. We changed it from what used to be in, looked like, I think it was an arrowhead. And the arrowhead also kind of made me think of Star Trek because it was kind of shaped like the Star Trek insignia, which I think was probably when it was designed, part of the reason. And which is why I mentioned how we called ourselves Trek and never made any reference to Trek. Right. So I think those are the biggest changes would be just the appearance, the intro, and I think the quality is a little better. And I think now we have a better idea of what we're doing. So I think the content is a little better. Yeah, I would I would agree with those things. I don't really have anything to add to that other than to say, uh, you know, on the topic of the intro clips, music, um, wording, and also the outro. On those specifically, and on anything about the episodes, I just want to encourage once again any listeners to uh, feel free to offer feedback. Let us know what you like or don't like. We'd be happy to hear constructive criticism at any time. So uh, Maria always gives our email address, which is, I think, catholichistorytrek at gmail.com. I think I have that right. 
So feel free to send us an email at that address and uh, propose topics or give us any kind of feedback you'd like. We'd be happy to hear it. That is one thing I'd love to do. If we got questions, if we accumulated questions, I think it'd be a lot of fun to just do an episode where we answer submitted questions. Yeah, that would be great. Well, I'm not sure if anyone is still listening at this point, but if you are, we'd like to conclude by thanking our listeners. Thank you. All of you who have made this podcast a success, at least by our admittedly minimal standards. If listener stats showed that interest was declining or hardly anyone was listening, we'd take the hint and spend our time in more productive ways. Or, okay, maybe not more productive ways, but we'd at least spend (laughs) our time in other ways. But from the beginning, our modest audience has been slowly but steadily growing, which we take to mean that we're doing something right and something that at least a few people out there value. So our intention is to keep going as long as people appreciate what we're doing, or at least as long as we can misinterpret the data to allow ourselves to believe that people appreciate what we're doing. So on behalf of Scott, the Catholic train guy, the Catholic gun guy, and the Catholic prayer guy, I'm Kevin, just a boring Catholic history guy, looking forward to many more treks into our church's past. We'll end this episode 100 in the same way we ended episode 1, by praying in the Catholic Church's historic language of Latin. Gloria Patria et Filio et Spiritui Sancto. Sicutrat in principio et nunc et semper et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com.